November 2015, I get a call from Joy Kistler, who's a member of this church, and said, uh, how would you like to be involved in an anti-poverty system? And I said, I really don't want to go around asking people for money. I'm not good at that. She said, no, this is about giving people a hand up and not a handout. And I said, well, I, that sounds like something I'd like to do. That may be my mission. So we met, and I got to thinking, what do I know about this? And it wasn't much, uh, to be honest with you. And we've been involved in that since 2015. So I told Andrew, talked to him a few weeks ago, and said, you know, I'd like to let people know what we're doing here and how maybe they could get involved. And he said, great, can you do it as our mission moment? And I said, sure. So I started working on that a few weeks ago and I got my computer and I got a Microsoft Word and I keep going back to it, adding things, taking things out. And the last couple of days I've set it aside and worked in the yard. I'm probably not the only person here. And I made my list of things I need to do in the yard because I'm a type A personality. So I make a list. And what do you do when you're done with that item on the list? You cross it out, right? And no one's there. Nobody cares except me. So I cross that out. And if, I'm, if you're a super A personality like I am, if you do something that's not on the list, what do you do? You go, that's right. You go in there and you write it on the list and then you cross it right out. So that's what I was doing. And then yesterday evening, Vicki and I had been out in the yard for two days. And she came to me and she looked at my list. She said, have you finished your presentation? I said, no, I really haven't. So I pulled the presentation up and I'm looking at this one page. It's got 15 or 20 bullets and it talked about how this process came about. And I thought, that's not what I want to do. So instead of, an eight, uh, instead of a one-page presentation, I've ended up with eight pages. But it's big lettering, so don't worry. I'm not going to be up here that long. So anyhow, start thinking about my experience with poverty, poverty and what it was. And I actually have... None. Probably like most of us here, I grew up in middle class. Uh, my parents, I was in a two-parent family, three siblings. We never missed a meal. We always had a car to get us places. And all the things that we enjoyed when you live in the middle class. So what did I think when I would see people collecting welfare, collecting food stamps. First thing I thought of was, go out and get a job, right? If that doesn't do it, get two jobs. Uh, see them at the store buying cigarettes. That used to bother me a lot because over almost 40% of people in poverty use tobacco products. Or if I'd get behind a car that was smoking in front of me, I'd get rid of that piece of junk and get a good car. And I didn't understand that people can't do that. They just 
don't have the resources. They grew up in generational poverty and that's all they've ever known. Just like most of us in here only knew what it was like to live in the middle class, those people, that's all they ever knew. So we, there were a group of us through this process that took a class called Bridges Out of Poverty. And one of the first things they did was give us three sheets of paper. One of them were things you know or things you do if you live in poverty. The second one was things you do if you live in the middle class. And the third one was if you, with things that you know and you do if you grew up with in generational wealth. And I mean major wealth. So I check every box, almost every box in the middle class, and maybe one box in the poverty, and no boxes in the general wealth, generational wealth. And so I realized then that I need to help some people. And one thing we talked about was social capital and how people in poverty do not have social capital like I do. If, I, if I'm on a Sunday and I need an electrician to come to my house because my air conditioning broke down, I know a guy I can call. I've got a friend that does that stuff. Or if I need a plumber, if I need anything. When I was looking for a job when I was a young man, I knew two people at the local refinery here that I could use for a reference, and they got me a job, and I worked there 40 years. And, and I always knew I was lucky to get that job, but I had no idea that a lot of people don't have that opportunity because they don't have someone they can go to. Uh, we finally started meeting with people the way this is set up we have what we call leaders and these are the people that are in poverty and they've been uh, gone through a process and been accepted and they started with a field of eight and they went through an 18 week process of learning and schooling and it got cut down to four and then so they're our group leaders and we're the allies so we were teamed up we were actually, they interviewed us to see if they wanted to work with us. So I thought, oh, great, I'm going to be that guy at the NFL draft that they keep showing that whose name never gets called because nobody's going to want to work with me. But I was selected, and we had our first meeting a few weeks ago with these people. And the main theme that came out of that was personal responsibility. You know, don't blame other people for your problems. And now we have an 18-month process that we are starting to work on, and hopefully we're going to get there. So I wish I had heard Andrew's message before I put this together because this really is my calling, I believe, when we first met in 2015 and somebody said, we're not going to see any kind of results for at least two years, I thought, my gosh, you know how old I'm going to be in two years? And I thought, I'm going to be that old anyway, right? So I just will do something. And I'm truly passionate about this. And if you're interested, you could talk to me after church. Or if you want 
real good answers, you can talk to Belisha Scribner. So thank you for letting me give my message.